Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. As you can tell by as listening to this podcast, we are all in on the 2019-2020 NCAA tennis season already. So much fun action going on around the country. Obviously, this past weekend, we had the Oracle Masters event in Malibu. That is always a fun occasion. Uh, we've also had, you know, so many great results, so many great individual results, but we've been monitoring the big storylines, and as you listeners know, College Contenders is a series we have been doing on our website, previewing last year's top 10 year-end teams from, uh, as we get ready for this 2020 season, the number eight team in last week's poll, the USC Trojans, is the team we are focusing on this week, and so we figured there is no better guest to bring in than when we're talking about the Trojans than the newly minted head coach of the USC men's tennis team. Uh, Coach Brett Macy, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, how are we doing? Uh, always been uh, wanting to see if I could eventually get on this thing, but I'm glad I got invited. I guess I just I... needed to finally get associated with a school that's top 10 to do it. <laughs> First of all, Chris Caliors, who is also on the podcast. Chris, welcome back to the Cracked Interviews podcast. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Chris is associated with the Liberty Men's Tennis Program, and we consistently bring him on. So I don't think that's a fair. Uh, I don't think that's a fair accusation. <laughs> okay, well. Maybe I'm. Maybe I took it personally then. <laughs> no, I'm glad you didn't. Look, what you guys were doing in Lubbock certainly caught our attention, and that is why when you were uh, not chosen as the next USC coach, returning home after your time as an assistant there, it was obviously a great thing to see. Uh, let's just start there, Coach. Give me the rundown of things since you've taken the USC job. Um, well, I, I haven't slept very much. Uh, <laughs> it's it's been a whirlwind to be honest because it happened so late. Um, you know, in late August and just the transition from you know, my family getting out here and myself and the school starting, uh, then to just the season starting, you know, one thing after next has just been happening over and over, you know, quicker and quicker. And you got recruiting and you got to do all these other things. I mean, just finally with the fall season ending, someone asked me at the beginning, they said, look, you know, give me a call when, you know, you get settled down. I said, well, towards the end of November then. And, and that's really the way that, it, I mean, it kind of it feels like it's just, you know, one week after another just flies by and you're constantly busy and you're on the road and you're, you know, you're with the guys. And so now that it, now that the fall season's over, hopefully I, you know, can't take a deep breath and just kind of appreciate, you know, being here. And, uh, but it's, it's been a blast. So, so far, you know, USC's obviously uh, home to me. And, you know, it was very uh, good to me for a number of years. And, you know, just now with the group of guys that we have on this team, I think, uh, you know, it just it feels pretty special to be back. Yeah. And for you, just let's start with that feeling to be back. This is a place you have been before. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of, you know, no one, I think, expected Coach Peter Smith to resign this offseason. But with that job come coming open, the USC job, one of, if not the most coveted jobs in all of college tennis, um, you know, how did you get involved with the job? How, you know, what was that process like for our listeners who want to hear how, you know, a head coach at Texas Tech uh, makes the jump back to USC? I mean, I think just my time there before definitely helped a lot. You know, I knew a lot of the people in administration still, Steve Lopes, you know, who's the man that was my superior, you know, over Peter, was still, you know, overseeing this, the program. And, you know, Peter got me in touch with him. And, you know, kind of from there, that's kind of just how it got going and, and started to finish. Um, it was obviously very short and, you know, little process. I mean, I can't believe, I mean, it was literally a phone call one or two times told my AD, you know, told Kirby Hoka at Texas Tech I was going to be going to do an interview. I did a one-hour interview. It's not like they needed to show me around campus. I mean, <laughs> the amount of time that I knew, but it was like a one-hour interview, and then a day later they offered me the job. And, I mean, it just went quick. So yeah, That's that's half the uh, that's the beauty of it. And so you get back to L.A. on that visit. Uh, how did it feel for you just to be – is L.A. a place you always wanted to end up? I mean, I'm from Riverside, California, um, so which is 60 miles east of L.A. So, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, you miss home a little bit. You wish you could be around uh, your parents, you know, as they get older and, um, you know, just being in the Southern California life. I mean, Lubbock definitely is different than Los Angeles. <laughs> the L is about <laughs> the only thing that's in common with the two of those <laughs> cities. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely uh, just – the things that you grew up your whole life doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would lie to you if I said I didn't want to be back, but the funny thing is, is I, you know, I told my wife, we were actually going, we we're at coach Keckley's wedding in San Diego, uh, two months earlier. And I told her, I went on a run and like, usually I'd always had like this anxiety and feeling of wanting to be back in Southern California. Every time we would come back to visit. And I went on a run that morning before his wedding. I just like told her after I was like, you know what? I finally kind of just felt peace that this is, we're never going to be back here again. And let's just enjoy our time whenever we visit instead of always thinking, I hope we end up here eventually someday. And sure enough, six weeks later, I'm back. So <laughs> it's kind of weird when you finally submit to the whole thing that then you get it. So, so just to be clear, Coach, you know, I don't know if you listened to, to everything that Alex and I did last year, but USC last year was my preseason number one, and I kept harping on how <laughs> with all the guys they had, right, they were going to be number one. And it seems like I'm, I'm just going to say that since I was wrong last year, I'll have to just carry over to make it this year. And since you came in so late, I have to say they're all Peter's recruits, right? So I get a carryover year, and I can and I can claim it again, right? No, you can definitely claim it again. And I hope we can we can pull through for you this time. <laughs> so that so that was going to be my follow up. I mean, should 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 I be so bold as to go there two years in a row? I mean, what what, what do you say? I mean, if you think we were good last year, I, I, you should darn well think we're going to be really good this year. We, got the, we had the core of the team is back, and then you got added two new freshmen that are unreal. It's almost like oh. he was listening to our, our review that we did like 30 minutes before this. 
Well, no, that was a great setup. It's so, Coach, I uh, expected you to win, and I need you to win this year, so can you do that? That's exactly the sort of questions we hope for at Cracked Rackets. But to Chris's point, Coach, uh, and you mentioned this at the end of your first answer, you take over a program, and it's not like it's a program in the dumps. This is a USC team that was a top eight seed last year, obviously lost a heartbreaking uh, round of 16 match to UNC in LA, but you get guys back like Daniel Cookerman, like obviously Brandon Holt, Riley Smith, more Bolas, and then you bring in a wealth of recruits. For you coming in as a coach, how do you approach uh, you know, coaching a team where you're coming in and these guys already know the deal? Yeah, um, I think a lot of it is... They, well, for one, they they're they were very disappointed, and they know that they underachieved. So you have a hungry group, and then with adding two two freshmen like a Ryder Jackson and a Stefan Dostanich, who are just gamers at the end of the day. I mean, it, it it adds to a good formula. So I mean, every one of those guys that's on this team right now, they they feel the sting of what happened last year, and they don't want to feel that again. They've worked really hard, and I think it shows in our success that we've had this fall. You know, I, I'm not one that has a big ego, believe me, but I definitely do feel like we, we probably as a team have had probably one of the better falls of any other school. And just with the amount of guys we had in the fall championships last week and tournaments that we've won and the way guys are playing, I don't know. I, I think, uh, you know, I don't want to put too much out there because I don't want to jinx ourselves, but I feel like we have a strong case to do really well this year. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. And you talk about jumping off to that strong start in the fall. I mean, because for you, you come in as a coach who you had success at Texas Tech. Uh, you you know, you built up the program there. And I'm sure the X's and O's of your program, the plays you like to run doubles-wise, all of the different preferences is probably different than what these guys are used to. So early on, I'm, I'm just curious because, again, it's a very interesting dynamic. It's rare that you have this sort of roster and a new coach. Uh, dare I say, and again, no pressure here, coach, but it's like Steve uh, Kerr taking over the Warriors then, right? It's like, okay, find the coach get the pieces right and just so for you is it early on is it x's and o's is it about just making sure everyone's bought in what is the preliminary focus for your team that allowed you to have the successful fall you did um i think them just uh understanding who i am like there's a lot of philosophies and things that i shared obviously from peter because i mean i i he was my mentor being there for you know five years so I think that helps a lot. Like we have similar personalities in regards to how we coach and that we're players coaches and we know we're hard workers and they can see that. But then I had my own little twist to it. So they feel a lot more comfortable, you know, they're comfortable around me. Um, And then, you know, like you said, different doubles, those different strategies, things like that. Um, You know, we didn't change too many pieces. Chris is still, you know, Chris and Deaton are still there with the program and, you know, we didn't overwhelm them with new, with new, you know, you know, a whole lot of new things. So them just understanding me and I think the way I am as a person, I'm easy to get along with, you know, for the most part, like, and I'll strike the hammer down when I need to, 
you know, they, 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 they feel comfortable right away. And I, I think that's the biggest thing. And they can just go out and be who they are. They're not feeling like there's any type of pressure. Um, you know, the guys, the pressure that they feel is, you know, they want to do well so they can impress, impress the coaches to see where they're going to be in the lineup. And I told them that early on. It's like, look, guys, you guys are – I'm going to start from a clean slate. You guys are going to be the ones that determine who's going to play and who's not. Just because, you know, Moore played whatever last year or Daniel played two or Brandon played one, they still got to go out and prove it. So I think from when I told them that and they knew that it was just all fresh and clean, that they, they felt like, okay, that I can just go out there and be who I am and see what comes from it. And I think that's shown. So, so how much – I think the, the singles lineup, we all we have a – pretty good feel for right with a lot of battling down for the tell me what you think it is tell me what you think it is because <laughs> are battling with it right now wow okay you want my you want my lineup my, my I want lineup. Your lineup okay and just so you know this lineup is sponsored by my utr but go on <laughs> no my my lineup is is i think a dead solid one two three holt kukerman bullis four i'm going riley on experience the battle is five through eight with the two freshmen and Jake and Bradley, but I'm going with I'm going with Jackson five and Destanich six. Okay, I like that. Now, now, <laughs> now the, the the question I wanted to ask was, I, and and granted, uh, but what I prefaced that with in our review was, hey, you've got all kinds of options there. In my view, at the, at the bottom with whoever's got good form, right? But what I really want to know is, I think. Holton Smith, right? Great doubles team. How much have you guys been doing already? Or is it really a, hey, we won't focus on that in large part until we come back after the break on what those doubles lineups, you know, who who matches well with each other and what's that going to look like come January? Yeah, I mean, first, I mean, your singles lineup, I think you're you're heading in a good direction. But, you know, there is a lot of depth on this team. And gosh knows who what we're going to get to towards the end of the once the end of this fall comes and once we get to you know January, because that's really going to really, be, you know, that information there, how they hard they work and what they do in the short amount of time early on before like indoors can be what what that lineup, you know, is throughout the bottom of the lineup. But, you know, obviously guys like Daniel and, and uh, Brandon kind of have shown throughout their time, you know, that they deserve to be up there in doubles, man. I think we have where the last few years, like with, with the team, they had those three solid teams from top to bottom, you know, Brandon Riley, and then you had Lawrence and Jack, and then you had Cookerman and, and Smith, you know, that's, that was like a pretty, pretty formidable lineup. Like they just had that kind of set in stone, but this year, you know, taking a few of those pieces out, I think we maybe have to put potentially sometimes put our, uh, you know, our veterans together and, you know, then put them with a younger guy and, and see how it comes. But, you know, we did, I think we have so much talent that we're going to be able to mix and match it a little bit. And maybe who knows, we can throw out a different lineup at different times. And that's something that's for sure there. So I don't know. It's, it's, I don't want to get into too much of what my strategy will be. <laughs> you know, there's, there's definitely options as you pointed out and you know with our talent and with our depth and with our experience you know we can do those things so hopefully we'll find the right one at some point it will stick with the come NCAAs 
My follow-up to that, and we'll start with uh, this, I guess, is how helpful is it to you when you're looking through to have, as you mentioned, assistant coaches Chris Quinta and Deaton Bauman back on the staff, their familiarity with these members of the team? Uh, you know, Can you discuss your relationship with them early on, why you made the decision to keep them in the fold? Yeah, for me, like I've always felt like with kids and with, with teams, you need to have consistency. And the one thing like that, that's been hard for me and my kind of, I guess my progression up is, you know, I've, I've lost some assistance along the way to, you know, better jobs or bigger jobs, like, or going on to be head coaches. And so then I've, from losing them, the, the players lose the same voice. Right. And so you don't have that, you don't have that consistency that I mentioned. So that's tough on the players. So now when I come in, like I said, I, I'm not I'm not Peter Smith by any means. But God, I'm never put myself in that category. But like personality wise, like we're both kind of funny guys. We're, we're lighthearted, but we're we're intense. So there's a little bit of similarity there. But then like Chris and Deaton, they've heard their voices over and over and over again for the last three or four years, and so then at least they feel feel comfortable knowing that they that they have those voices. So then again, the change isn't too much. And then through time, you know, it, 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 uh, you know that consistency will pay off. So I think I think with that, it's been very helpful. And then also just Chris knowing the guys and and Deaton, they they know their personalities, they know how they click, they know what works, and you know, and I can add what I think can change. You know, well, this is what's been going on for three or four years. Well, maybe this is time for us to do something a little different. So I can hear their you know their experiences from being here and help me coach the team and, and run the program. And, you know, I think that was, and also with, again, the timing, me showing up two weeks before school starts or 10 days before school starts. I mean, I, I was running wild, you know, and, if, you know, I go in there with a whole new staff and we're trying to figure this out together and it could, it could just be hard. And, you know, there's definitely a lot of uh, help there from Chris and from Dean just early on with the balance. Cause and I'm trying. I'm transitioning myself personally. I got a family coming with me. It, it, it takes, you know, it takes an army to get that whole thing through and and be done. And luckily, I had you know two great assistants to be able to help help me do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you. You know, we don't want to keep you away from your family too long. But my second point on that is you also talk about the fact that it is a fresh perspective. So as long as well as with that continuity, and this is not to be disrespectful to your team, but given that it's a an older team, a team that's been around the block, if they get stagnant, you can give them that kick in the that they may need or may not need. And so I guess my question is for you: having that blank slate, that clean palette. Uh, will experimenting with the lineup be something, I mean, something you will do, something you maybe even look forward to doing is getting that chance to play with all of the different pieces, add that fresh perspective, maybe even split up a Brandon and a Riley who have played so well together for so long. Yeah, I think I think that's some things that we, we've got to try to do. I mean, you know, this team knows that they haven't been as successful as they should have been. And maybe that could be that you, like you just pointed out. I says that just we need something new. Like maybe someone needs to play with someone different or maybe, you know, singles guys need to have their chances to play a little bit higher. I mean, who knows? I mean, shoot, like with again, with our success this fall, you know, there's going to be a lot of potential to be, do a lot of different things with the lineup. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, we can have flexibility, which means we can cause problems for other teams. I think that's 
that's a big thing. And I think another thing that we have is with depth is we can have times where if guys feel a little banged up or guys are a little hurt or guys need some time. We're going to have that option to be able to do that. And, you know, you make sure that guys that aren't playing, they can get in there in the lineup or give a guy like maybe Brandon Hull the time where, you know, he can have a day off or, or, or Kukerman or whoever it is, Riley, you know, they just, those guys can have that, that we can have that ability to put anybody in the lineup. And then again, we just have a mixed bag to, to throw at people just at any time. And so they don't, we can keep them on their toes. So they don't know what we're doing. So, so, Coach, I, I got to tell you, there, there's one thing that I'll feel like it, it will be a complete failure this year if I don't see from from your guys that I saw at Texas Tech last year. And that is, I need another rendition of Carpool Karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was pretty awesome, wasn't it? That, that was outstanding. I mean, it's going to be tough because you've got so many Americans on the team, and what made that so funny was all the guys, the four guys <laughs> singing, you know, some the you know the, the cowboy song. So, yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe you're gonna have to get Brandon to take like Bullis and Cookerman out, and uh, you know, and, well, and do Brandon's something. Pretty but, funny. So I I think we could find something pretty similar to that. It will, I, I'll I'll work on it though. We'll make our own little. Twist all right. Yeah. We we gotta have one of those this year. <laughs> I'm always I'm always willing to have some have some funny stuff. I mean, shoot, watch some of the stuff that Chris puts out on the USC tennis. You know, <laughs> And on the uh, Instagram page, I mean, it's pretty funny. So, well, I'll, but I'll come up with something good for you. All right. I, so on a more serious note, uh, and obviously it's early, but uh, in, in terms of goals for the season, where, where do is is the first goal win the Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, I think that's always the year. I, I mean, that's what it is year after year. I mean, you come to a place like USC, guys, look, there's only two things that you do. You win conference championships and you win national titles. And that's, that's clear from day one. And that's not going to change with whether we get a new AD or we keep an old AD, like whoever it is that ever comes through that, that's always going to be the status quo. And that's what you come here to do. If you're an student athlete, I mean, you walk through here ever on campus guys, it's just enthralled with success in every stretch of, of your imagination, whether it's in school and academically or it's on the athletic field, everything, everything is revolved around success. I mean, you walk into McKay Center, which is like our student-athlete building where you, you know, where they lift and do other things like that. We've had over 450 athletes in the Olympics throughout time. That's that USC alone. I mean, there's, there's countries that don't have that many. So, yeah, I mean, it's just absurd. It's, that's just that's just the way that it is. I mean, you have you have to be ready for it and you have to be prepared to be a part of it. And as a coach, I have to be the same way. And these these guys like they're, they're not anything short of any of those things. They, they know that it hasn't been a successful year. That's the bottom line. Yeah, so so one last one before we'll uh, we'll we'll let Alex lead us into some rapid fire questions for you. I, obviously, coming from from Southern California, and I, you know the NCAA's title wise is the big deal. But how much stock do you put in to indoors? I mean, obviously we would all ex- we expect to see there, but being you know playing where you do is it? Hey, it's great experience, and obviously nobody goes there to lose. The guys are going to try to win, uh, but it. I, I would I would 
in my mind, I kind of look at that as, yeah, it's great experience and it's kind of the stepping stone, but it, it's certainly not the NCAAs and you don't put that huge expectation or goal there. How, what do the guys look at it? And what do you, how do you look at that? Um, and basically with national indoors, I always look at it as a time for our guys to, first of all, be able to see where we, where we stand with the rest of the country. You know, I usually use all Americans as that, um, as like that in the fall is like, okay, get a kind of taste of what, who, you know, the new guys on the block or who the players are. And then, you know, when you get to indoors, you kind of see where we match up with our team. And then it's the midway kind of right towards the end of the midpoint of the, or right before the midpoint of the year, then you realize, okay, we have whatever, two, two months, eight weeks to get ourselves prepared and put ourselves, like you guys just said, in the right lineup or mind frame of where we got to go towards the end of the year. So do I put a lot of stock if we do go there and do well, you know, then you're like, okay, that's how, that's where we fare. Like, great. If you're super successful, awesome. But if you go there and you don't, you know, you, you win one and you lose two or you win two and you lose one, you know, you're not, you're not ultra like, you know, you leave there and go, Oh wow, we're, we're not so good. But you do ne- you do necessarily have to figure out if you're doing the right things, if you maybe like your lineups in the right spot or you know where you match up well or if our doubles is that was that that's this is right, like we can play at this level with our doubles lineup or or not. Or maybe like we said earlier tonight, maybe we do need to mix it up. Maybe these aren't the right teams. So I think that's what National Indoors is really there for, you know. Yes. Do you want to go there and win it all? Of course. But do you do you put that on the pedestal of like of of your team goals at the end of the year? Not as much. I mean, it's it's up there for sure. But if you're more you're going there more to see where your level is and where you compare to the rest of the country, I guess is a short answer to that whole thing I just said. <laughs> no, I, I, we love that. And in terms of stacking up this season, we've talked about this this whole interview. Uh, you have the talent, obviously, at USC this year to do some pretty special things. So, last serious question, then we'll do our quick rapid fire. But for you, for this team, uh, you know, in terms of goals, what you want to accomplish, what you guys all hope to get out of this season, what would you say is that story for your 2020 USC men's tennis team? Um, I mean, obviously, grow and keep getting better week after week that's for sure um the you know if you're looking at just like where you're looking at in terms of success yeah win a pac 12 title win ncaa title um you know but more importantly like we just have to be playing our best tennis towards the end of the season um but yeah i mean if you're putting the trophies in front of you those are the two trophies and the only ones that matter the most and i'll you know, I would I would even take a loss in a Pac-12 final to learn something, so that we, when we go to NCAs, we're playing our best tennis, and the guys are you know gunning and, and aiming for, you know, I mean, look, we I can remember back in '09, we we went out to A&M to play there to practice before like to play a, play a match against them, and we learned a great deal on that trip, losing to them on their courts, and then turning around and beating Baylor and Stanford on the road without Robert Farah. And then it got us prepared that we knew what we needed to have when it came to the end of the season. And, you know, the rest was history there. I mean, we won it all. So, you know, there's moments in your season that you, you find that, but the main goal always is to go out there and, and win it all. You don't want to see another team hosting that trophy up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the 
fun of being part of the USC men's tennis program is you get the chance to compete for those sorts of stakes. But with that in mind, last thing I want to do with you, we try to do this with all of our guests before they go, a quick rapid fire in that more I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions in a short period of time. But however you're feeling to answer in the moment, uh, let us know what you're thinking. Sound good? Okay. Sounds good. All right. Westoff, give me a rapid fire sound effect, please. Let's start here. Uh, the thing you missed most about a USC UCLA tennis match? Uh, the over, just the overall feeling of when you walk in to that, you know, into that match. The pressure, actually, that's the right word. The pressure, the feeling of right. that pressure of that of that day. I love it. It's one of our favorites. But all right, when you left that team in two thousand nine, did you expect them to win the next three titles? Yes. Really? You could just tell? I mean, maybe not. Yeah, no, I knew it. Steve Johnson was something very special, and Robert Farr was a beast. I knew for sure they were going to win it the next year. Maybe three and four, who knows, but I knew they were going to win next year for sure. If I would have told you in that moment, Robert Farr, a Grand Slam champion, what would your reaction have been? (laughs) I mean, he's one of the, he's one of the more incredible athletes I've ever coached. So, I mean, to say that can you do it, he's just a workhorse, and he really is. No, that team's incredible. And then you talk about all the NCAA success. I'm mean, again, this is putting you in a tough position, but one NCAA match on the line, you can say it's at their respective lines. But who are you going with if it's a three-all situation? Do you want Steve Johnson on the court, or do you want Money Time Daniel Nguyen on the court? Oh God. <laughs> I don't want to insult either one of them, but I mean, Daniel, you needed you needed to have Peter Smith on his court if you were going to have D.O.N. So if you're going to put him in there, you better put Peter Smith next to him. Steve Johnson, you could just you could put any you could put a fly on over there and he'd be fine. So I guess I I take Steve. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I just don't think it lost in the history because obviously the Steve Johnson's the storyline, but Daniel Wynn, one of the most consequential players of 2010s college tennis. I mean, the guy. I think he lost his last match at NCAA ever to Mitchell Frank, but outside of that, that was it. Like that's crazy. He was he was pretty money other than that. But if you would if you would know D Win, D Win was the most scared human being on the planet, and he would he, you needed someone on that court telling him what to do <laughs> at every at every point. <laughs> oh, I also am pretty sure true or false. Stevie J was a little chubby his freshman year. Yeah, yeah. He he. T- that, that's a funny one because. You know, usually put on the freshman fifteen. He lost the freshman twenty. And I go, <laughs> how did we, I go? I go, Stevie, how did you lose twenty pounds? I go, we didn't run as much because I was using a target conditioning back then. And he goes, he's like, look, Mace. He goes, I used to only, I used to only play, practice, do anything for eight hours a week of tennis. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. He goes, we're doing twenty hours now. He goes, that's basically what's happening. It's just incredible. I mean, yeah, now the guy's, like, so pro-diet. I mean, you're not going to find an ounce of fat on him. It's just ridiculous. I'm also pretty sure you played with a Prince Graphite back in the day. And as a fellow Prince Graphite user, got to love that. Yes, that was me, too. That was all my doing. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, those teams were the best. All right, um, the thing you'll miss most about living in Lubbock? All the people, 100%. Just the the, fam- the family and the and the college town environment. I mean, it's one of a kind. The thing you look forward to being in LA again the most. Going to the beach, 
<laughs> eating Mexican food. That's actually Mexican food. Yeah. You're big, big beach guy, big Mexican food guy? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I love it. All right. So if I asked favorite meal, what would you go with? Say that again? My favorite meal? Fa- yeah. uh, it's still my wife's lasagna. <laughs> Oh, I, I love I love answer. myself with tamale, enchilada, and taco. I mean, with rice and beans, it's it's nothing better. Oh, of course, and I'm sure you'll get the chance to find many this season. Well, Coach, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to Chris and us. Good luck to you and your USC Trojans as you you know wrap up the individual season, get ready for the team season, and you know anytime you want to come on and chat. Uh, now that you're at a relevant school, I suppose we'd love to have you. Awesome. <laughs> well, let me know anytime. I'll, I'll I'll do it. And that was a joke. Yeah, Texas Tech coach out there, all coaches out there, we would love to have any of you. Um, but yes. Uh, so again, though, coach, good luck to you. Thank you again. Can I get a fight on out of you? Yeah, fight on. <laughs> of course, and take care. All right, bye-bye.